Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. As believers, our prayer life and our faith are connected together. Your faith grows stronger in that prayer room. And your prayer life goes stronger as you build your faith. When he comes back, will he find us praying? Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see. You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet. Did you know that your faith in Jesus and the state of your walk with Christ is directly related to your prayer life? Without a consistent prayer life, your relationship with Jesus will be negatively affected. Today, Pastor Ed challenges listeners to be persistent in their prayers to the Father. While the Lord does not always answer the way we would like, we can trust that His ways are higher than our ways. Take advantage of your ability to communicate with the King of Kings and watch your faith be strengthened. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message entitled, Prevailing Through Persistent Prayer. Years ago when I lived in Wilmington, Delaware, a pastor, Pastor Tom Lazar, had retired and he became a part of our congregation. We were good friends. He was in the same section where I had pastored in Delaware. He was an avid golfer. I enjoyed my friendship with Tom Lazar. He invited me to go golfing again and again, and finally I decided to go. And boy, he was a good golfer. He could hit that ball straight down the fairway, and uh, I was not so good. Well, he, he, he tried to help me, but I did not have the time, the patience, the persistence, or the money to learn how to golf. <laughs> now, we would play, and he would do this to make me feel better because we would enjoy the conversation as we walked on the golf course, but we would play, and he would, he said, let's play best ball. So whoever hit the best ball, that's where I could put my ball. <laughs> and he, I would say 90%, well, probably more than that. <laughs> I would be taking my golf ball and put it where his was. And we enjoyed the fellowship, but I, I just didn't have the patience or the persistence to learn how to golf. And now, I have other friends. One of my best friends is Jim Mao. He golfs all the time, talks to me about his golf score, tells me about golfing. And um, to make it worse, our young people at FCA have a golf club, and they're walking through the hallways with the golf clubs on their back, getting ready and talking about their golf games. But Jesus was teaching about practice and persistence in prayer. If you don't persist in it, if you don't practice it, you won't grow strong in it. Now, Augustine correlated faith and prayer together when he said, persistence in prayer is evidence of persistence in faith. 
Jesus actually is going to say that. Persistence in prayer is correlated and connected to persistence in faith. When Jesus told the parable, and I'm going to read from the NIV, the last part of verse 1 in chapter 18, they should always pray and not give up. And then the New Living Translation reads, always pray and never give up. Well, here's a story. In verses 2 and 3, Jesus said, he makes up a story. He says there's a certain city with, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man, and there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him saying, give me justice against my adversary. So in this story, he talks about, first of all, the judge. Now, the judge is not a good man. You don't want to go to him to have your case settled, unless you could bribe him. He's not about justice. In Israel, one of the qualities that they looked for in their judges was judges that feared God and were concerned with justice and endeavored to be compassionate towards the poor and the needy. He doesn't care what anybody says about him, what they write in an article in the news about him. He doesn't care about what men think. He doesn't care about what God thinks. He only cares about his own ego. And so this man is a judge, and you're really not wanting to go to his court if you have a court case. It it reads, for a while he refused, but afterwards he said to himself, here's his self-talk, though I neither fear God nor respect man. It's exactly what Jesus said. Now here's the widow. He says, the widow keeps coming and bothering him. Now when we think of this widow, we're thinking of probably somebody maybe very old. But that may not be the case. Because young girls, 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, were betrothed. And they would marry at that age. And so she could be still in her teens or in her 20s. And she lived in a patriarchal culture. I mean, you get the most macho man around and put him back there, he would say, whoa, this is too much. I mean, women had like no rights. They couldn't go to court usually to defend themselves. Now, this woman was absolutely destitute and helpless and hopeless in their eyes because there was no man to represent her. She had no father. She had no brother. She had no son. She was alone. And in all likelihood, it would have dealt with something with the estate. Maybe they were trying to push her out of the house that she lived in. Maybe they were taking the way to support that her husband had left, whatever resources he had left. But she was absolutely in dire straits. And the only thing that she could do was keep on keeping on meeting that judge. Maybe she met him in the marketplace and said, hey, Maybe she saw him in the outside of the courtroom and and said, remember me, remember my case? But she made sure 
that she didn't give up. She was persistent. She kept on keeping on. Now, Jesus said this judge got tired and weary. And then actually in the Greek it says he, he, he didn't want her to blacken his eyes. Uh, it's like when you hit somebody in the face and they have a black eye. Well, uh, that wasn't, I don't, we don't think, uh, saying it literally. What it meant was something like we would say, a metaphor, oh man, they give me a headache. Oh, they just wear me down. So he was concerned about himself and he was not going to, well, he did. He decided to give her the justice. Now Jesus makes this analogy. And the Lord said in verses six to seven, hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will he not give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? What Jesus is saying is he's making an argument from the lesser to the greater. He said, if that wicked judge would do the right thing because of the persistence of this woman, how much more would a righteous God, who is the judge of all the earth, do right if we bring our petitions to him? If this helpless woman just went and kept on pleading, and she had an answer from that judge, how much more God's children, God's elect, when they keep on talking to him and bringing their request to him, will God respond? Now, he's not talking about vain repetition, just, you know, over and over. No, no, he's talking about bringing our request consistently to God and praying and, and placing it before him. It's not vain repetition, but consistently praying and bringing the burden, the request, the concern. And so that's what he's talking about at this moment. Now, I think about Jesus' encouragement to keep on keeping on, not to lose heart. And I think as a pastor, why do people sometimes lose heart and stop praying? What's some of the reasons? Well, I think from the text, you can see that sometimes, uh, or just from life, that sometimes God doesn't answer our prayers the way we expect. I remember years ago, Pastor Lou Iannone, a wonderful pastor on our staff, developed cancer. The congregation prayed and prayed for him. We met over weeks and months and he wasn't healed. And congregants came to me after that, and their faith was shaken. For some, they didn't understand, well, why didn't God heal? I don't have the answers for that, but I know sometimes that God will miraculously heal. We've all seen miracles. And I know at other times, even though we've prayed and believed, that God chooses in his sovereignty not to. But sometimes what happens is when we've prayed and prayed and things don't happen the way we want them to happen, we could be tempted to lose heart. But part of what happens is when we keep on praying and keep on going into that prayer room, the presence of God becomes our strength. Our relationship with him becomes a relationship of trust. 
So though we now don't understand him, we trust him. And so some people just, they give up too soon. And then there's another reason, I think. Oftentimes it's because God's timing is different than ours. He has a different timepiece than we do. You see that in the Bible with Mary and Martha. They call and say, Lazarus is sick, he's dying. And Jesus delays his coming and he finally gets there. And it's like a reproof. Lord, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. Sometimes Christians get angry at God. Well, God, why did you heal her and you didn't heal me? God, you did this for them and you didn't do this for me. And sometimes we simply become upset with God and and not always understanding that God's purposes are greater than ours. And and sometimes it's just because, again, that, that delay. But I remember Peter in two, uh, Second Peter 3, 9, what he said, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And he goes on, he says that one day with the Lord is like a thousand years, and a thousand years for us is like one day with the Lord. So, We could at times wonder, well, God, you said this would happen. Well, God measures time very, very differently. The early church expected him to come at any moment. They knew he said, I'm coming again. And they anticipated his return. And then Peter, who wrote these words, is crucified upside down. I'm sure some of them wondered, wait a minute, what's happening here? And then Paul is beheaded in Rome. Wow, what's going on here? They have the same questions that we have today. We don't always understand the timing of God, the way God works in history, the way God works in your story, my story, our story. So that struggle is when we don't see the answer the way we would want or it takes far, far longer and we keep on praying and praying and then we suddenly, I ain't gonna pray for this anymore. I'm not gonna, no, no, no. What happens is Jesus said, stay in that prayer closet, don't lose heart, keep on praying. And here is a significance. Verse 8 is like the key that unlocks the whole passage. He says, I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Well, now, where does that come from? All of a sudden, we're talking about prayer, talking about this answer. All of a sudden, it seems like it's out of place, but it isn't because if you go back into chapter 17, Jesus is talking about Noah and the last days. He's talking about 
Lot and the last days, he's talking about two working in the field and one being taken. He's talking about the coming of the Son of Man. And so what Jesus is telling us in this, he's going to delay his return. His disciples were not to lose heart and stop praying. We live in a world that's just not just. It's not fair. Things don't always happen the way they should happen. But one day he's going to come back and he's going to right every wrong and he's going to put the government upon his shoulders and then things will work the way they should. What he's saying at this point is this. Keep on praying. Now, what happens when you keep on praying? Well, our perspective can change. Our perspective can change. You get in there and you are praying for something. Lord, I want this job. God, I, 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 I want this particular um, position. God, and some of you, have you prayed like this earlier in life? Oh God, I'd really like to marry her or I'd really like to marry him. And you prayed and prayed, really? And then all of a sudden someone else comes along. Oh God, you have a better idea. <laughs> I mean, if God answered all your prayers, you'd really be in trouble. And sometimes it's just waiting and seeing and realizing, okay, God, you really know what's best. And sometimes just that waiting changes our perspective on the circumstances and we see it in a different way. And so we're to continue to pray. I think it changes our perspective on God too. Because have you ever been praying about something and you're praying and praying and praying and then all of a sudden you're in your prayer closet or you're at the altars or you're just driving and seeking the Lord and the Lord says to you, that's not my will. And you begin to think, hmm, that's out of character with what God wants. And, and, and then he shows you your heart. And he said, boy, your heart wasn't right there. Is this request going to hallow God's name? Is it going to acknowledge the greatness of God? Is it going to advance his kingdom? Is it his will on earth as it is in heaven? Is that, is that what? And then you realize, oh, I'm out of sync with God. James talks about that in the book of James. It says, we pray amiss, we ask amiss. We have, we're motivated sometimes by the wrong desires. And at times as you're praying in your prayer closet, God just says, no. He said, that's not. God, why not? That's not what I want. That's not my purposes. And you begin to change your perspective on your circumstances on God. Now, also, what happens is during this time, going back to Augustine's statement, your faith and your prayer life are connected. Uh, They are. You learn something. You spiritual life can mature in the presence of of God's delays in your life. Sometimes you're waiting and you're waiting, but you keep on going back into that place of communion with God. You keep on 
keeping the appointments with God. You keep on seeking God. And, and when you do that, something happens. You, you mature. You grow. Your spiritual muscles grow. Now picture with me. Abraham. He's 75 years of age. And God says to Abraham, Abraham, look up to the sky. Abraham looks up there. He said, now start counting the stars of the heaven. Well, Lord, I just can't do that. There's too many. He said, okay, go to the ocean. Look at the sands of the sea at the ocean. Start counting them. Well, God, I can't do that. Well, that's how many descendants you're going to have, your posterity. God, I don't have any children now. He's 75. Well, he's probably thinking next year Sarah's going to have triplets or something. (laughs) Next year comes, nothing happens. And then he's 75, then he's 80, he's 85, he's 90. Nothing's happening. Not until he's 100 years old does God give him Isaac. God's stretching Abraham, making him into a man of faith. Now, Joseph has these dreams that God gives him, that God's going to use him in a very special way, and he shares those dreams, but everything in his circumstances works against it. His brothers, then Potiphar's wife lies about him, and he, he finds himself in prison for 13, over 13 years. I mean, you could look at Moses, if you want to look at someone. Moses had that sense that God had called him to be the deliverer of Israel from Egypt. He spends 40 years on the backside of a desert. God's timepiece is different from ours. And what Jesus was also saying at this moment is, when I come back, will I find faith on the earth? Hmm. Will people give up praying? Will people give up saying, Lord, we want you to return? When's the last time we've prayed Like the Apostle John in Revelation 22, even so come Lord Jesus. Where we have said, Lord, return to this world. Unless the government's on your shoulders, this whole thing is a mess. As believers, our prayer life and our faith are connected together. Your faith grows stronger in that prayer room and your prayer life goes stronger as you build your faith. When he comes back, will he find us praying, persisting, not giving up, even though there are delays, and even though there are prayers that just don't come out the way we, well, we would want them to, but we say, now, Lord, I know you well enough. 
that I trust you deep enough that if it isn't answered my way, your way is better and you have a reason. Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from Pastor Ed's teaching through the Gospel of Luke. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and select today's date from the Building in Faith media player. Again, that's buildinginfaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to buildinginfaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There, you'll find all the options to share. Now, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Word of God right here on Building in Faith. Hello.